DJ PK, time to welcome back Lincoln Kennedy, Raider radio analyst, Pac-12 network analyst. He joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. Utah will be in a drought next summer. Smart Rain knows the 2022 budget planning for most businesses is underway. Take advantage of the Save Now Pay Later promotion. Do your part by saving water while saving money. Check out Best of State Award winner Smart Rain at smartrain.net. Lincoln, good morning. Well, it's LK all day. Go big or go home, PKG. <laughs> well, you certainly are big. Yes, man, how you guys doing? Good. I saw a photo of you a couple years back at the uh, Pac-12 title game up in Santa Clara, uh-huh. and you were with all the crew who was there covering it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you look so huge compared to guys like Yogi Roth and Mike Yam. <laughs> I get that. You know, I, 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 people say that all the time. It's, it's uh, you know, when I do the, with the games with with Roxy Bernstein, um, he has to stand on the box, so we look, you know, similar in, in the camera shot. But yeah, I, I get that quite a bit. <laughs> it's good to be with you guys. How you guys doing? You're an old lineman. Why are people amazed by this? Old linemen are not tiny people. I've interviewed no, enough of I, them. They I, I think all that tower. When you over see me. on camera the the, the camera difference, yeah, uh, or or and, and just I guess what people consider normal, whatever that yeah. circumstance is, you know, it's different. All right, well, we want to talk to you about the Raiders because they're not just the Raiders now. Now they're the 5-2 and two Raiders tied for the best record in the AFC after the yeah. Bengals crushed the Ravens. When you look at the Raiders, do you see a team that's got some things going well and got some things that need fixing, or do you see one of the, if not the elite team in the AFC? I would say yes to the first two questions. And the, the third question, I wouldn't necessarily deem them elite. Um, they still have some things they have to fix. But, you know, here's the thing. Um, it, it was proven last week when, when they, the Raiders played the Eagles that Derek Carr's accuracy puts them over the top. And what I mean by that is there were several throws throughout that game where Derek Carr made him by just being an accurate quarterback. There's not a lot of quarterbacks in the league that can say the accuracy. accuracy. You, you talk about strong arm, you talk about discipline, you talk about great decision-making, but accuracy is one of those intangibles that a lot of people tend to overlook because they just assume that it's there. Derek Carr's accuracy put this team over the top. Um, and so when you, when you team that with the fact that he's got a number of weapons, we, we were all of us were concerned that Darren Waller wasn't playing and wanted to see how the Raiders were going to react without one of their star players. But they may do by utilizing a lot of the other players uh, on that offense. And then the fact that they've got a defense that can create a rush, that can get to the quarterback, that can slow some teams down and make it hard for them to score, this is a good football team. I'm not ready to say they're an elite football team. I don't think they're up there with like teams like the Buffalo Bills uh, and stuff like that. But I think this is a good football team. I think this is a football team that's capable of making the playoffs, maybe winning a game or so in the playoffs. Um, but they still have a lot of work to do. Um, they still have a lot of things to overcome. Most notably, the, the Los Angeles Chargers who are in their division who share the tiebreaker right now. Yeah, they closed the season with them, so we still yeah. have about three months to go before we get to that point or just under three months. Uh, you look at their schedule, and I got it in front of me, KC twice, and Cleveland yep. and Cincinnati should be tough. Yeah. Uh, but they got the Giants this week. Now, it's back there, so you're asking a team in the Pacific time zone to go back. Giants aren't good. They're, I think they're coming off a win. But yeah. what do you think about this game as far as, I don't know, is it a trap game or what? Because they all count. The true test for this Raiders team is to see that they can consistently beat the teams they should beat. Now, I say that tongue-in-cheek because a couple weeks ago when they lost to Chicago, um, you know, that was a team they should have beaten. Um, they came out and they took care of business against the Eagles. Now they have a bye. 
They're riding high off of a two-game win streak, and they should take care of business against the Giants. But we already know no game is you know a, a given. Um, last year at this time, when they went back east to face the Jets, they almost lost to a truly inferior team. So I think that's going to be the true growth measurement, if you will, of this Raiders team. If they can beat the teams they're supposed to beat, they'll put themselves in position to have some success towards the end of the year because there are games that are going to get you know systematically harder. But as you mentioned, the, the Chiefs. With their offense, even though the Chiefs are down defensively, with their offense, they're capable of scoring. Um, if, they, if they have a big game that goes right, and the Raiders have always had trouble with the Chiefs, only they split the, the season last year. And then you talk about you know teams like Dallas. You still got to take on the Chargers again. Look, Indianapolis and Cleveland for what they want. They're both inconsistent, but these are teams that still have the potential to make things harder for the Raiders. So the t- Raiders have got a long way to go, and, and at this little halfway point of the season where they got their bye. So I'm curious because it's just a two-game sample, but they got a new play caller, and that can change everything. Did it change everything, or is that just uh, a few details because it changes some things, but it doesn't change everything? It did, it did open up some things. It did change some things. There's a philosophy that's been generated by a collaborative effort from Derek Carr and Greg Olson um, that wasn't there before. Everyone knew that when Gruden was in, in the position of the head coach and offensive coordinator that he was the alpha male and they were going to go their place. And there were times where even Derek tried to change him at the line or on the field, and he, got, he came under question by John Gruden. But now, for what it's worth, from what we've seen of the two-game two game sample size, um, is Derek's had complete autonomy when he's been out there. He's, he's been in, in control. And Greg Olson has allowed him because he's trusted his, his you know, thought process. It's worked out to the Raiders, for the Raiders. Um, you still see a large sample size of a check-with-me system. And what I mean by that is when they go into the huddle these days, guys, quarterbacks are calling two plays. And it's a, it's a true check with me system. You're calling two plays, anticipating what the defense is going to do. And what Greg Olson has been able to create with Derek Carr over the last couple of games is a rhythm to the offense, a, a consistent rhythm that really has been present at times but has been inconsistent. That we'll see how the second half of the season goes for him because in the past, the past couple of years especially, Teams have gotten a drop on what the Raiders chose to do and how they chose to do it, and that's why they've been inconsistent, especially the second half of the season. But it's going to be a, it's going to be a real true test for this offense to see how they go moving forward because now teams have enough games under their belt to see what the Raiders like to do and what the Raiders do well, and we'll see how they try to take that away or negate that. The Gruden thing was a big story at the time. Now it seems yeah. like it was three months ago rather than just a couple of weeks ago. And the teams come out, obviously, it's one of these two games. And, and, and now they got their bye uh, this week, obviously, and, and then New York KC and all that stuff uh, for the second second part of the schedule. I'm wondering, do you think because of all this stuff, did they needed the bye to catch their breath? Or is like this? these are professionals and they got a job to do, and it really doesn't matter all this other stuff because they're paid to win football games, so keep going. Where do you stand on that? I thought the best thing for the Raiders collectively as a team was to win the Denver game, um, especially after the Gruden stuff happened. Because, you know, the, the timing of all of it when it came out was the Friday before the Chicago game. They played incredibly flat. They got beat down by an inferior team. And then they had to answer the questions, especially when Gruden resigned on Monday or Tuesday, whatever it is, following the game. Um, so the best thing for them to do was to come out and win. They, they kind of suppressed a lot of questions surrounding the Gruden situation. And then they followed that up with another win against the Eagles, 
really suppressed a lot of it, uh, the conversation. That's why it makes it seem like it's so far away or so long ago when it really isn't. Um, and Coach Passaccia rewarded the team by giving them the entire week off. He said, you know, after the Sunday's game in the Eagles, they had the entire this week off, this bye week off, saying they're going to report back on Monday, which is unheard of in my understanding because um, I think things are a lot different now, but when I played, they would never give us that much time off. Anyways, um, it is what it is, but I, I think they needed that, and I think the reflection shows on the captains, the true leaders in that locker room, how maturely, how maturely they handle this stuff, and more importantly, how they passed it down to the team, and it transcended with a couple of wins. So you rewarded them, and now you come back after the bye, prepare for the Giants in the remainder of the season, and you've got a big task in front of you, but I think they'll be much more prepared uh, you know, to handle whether there's any lasting conversations or questions about Gruden, or, or are they just moving on? Lincoln Kennedy joining us, Raider, radio analyst. Uh, I think everyone's curious, you know, when you talk about elite teams, you mentioned the Raiders are not Buffalo. Is Cincinnati in that group after what they did to Baltimore? Is Baltimore still in that group after getting blown out by Cincinnati? Or are these just one game and... The AFC, what is it, North, I think it is, yeah. um, was, was going to be competitive. We, we knew it. We actually expected that Cleveland was going to be in the position that Cincinnati is now in. But Cincinnati has found their way, they found their rhythm, and they are a dangerous team. I still think Baltimore is one of those uh, teams, potentially, because they have both sides of the ball. We have a, a playmaker like Lamar Jackson. Even though the Raiders got him in game one, they were down, especially with running backs and stuff like that. They were consistent. They found their way as well. So I think both of them are going to be a true test. The, the, the favorable for the Raiders part is that the, since they've already beaten Baltimore, if it comes down to a tie-breaking situation, then most likely you know, Baltimore, if, they, if the Raiders are able to win the division, Baltimore would end up having to come in, uh, back out to Legion rather than the Raiders going there. But Cincinnati, I, I do believe, is for real. I think they, they found a rhythm uh, in both their run and pass game as well as their defense. Joe Burrow is playing very well, and they're going to be a dangerous team. So the weekly question, Lincoln, that probably won't be answered until December, who's the best team in the Pac-12? It won't be answered to December. <laughs> I, I, I tried to prepare you guys the last time we talked that I thought that Oregon State was for real. And I still think that. I still think Oregon State's for real. Um, but, you know, the, the, the fact is, is that with the Pac-12, there's such a competitive level that, that, that you, 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 you know, raises one eyebrow that it, it depends on the, the timing. It depends on the week. Who's going to take it? I still think Utah's up there. Um, you know, I'm not a big believer in Oregon as a whole, but they find a way to win. Um, so, you know, it's anyone's guess where we're going to go from here, but the competitive level of the Pac-12 is something that's fun to watch. It's something that's fun to analyze and try to predict is even harder than anything else because it's like, you, you, you like you said a moment ago, you just have to wait to December. I really don't know who's going to be playing in Allegiant Stadium on December 3rd. <laughs> so, we ex- I expect, and I think PK does too, that most of these Pac-12 games are going to have close point spreads. And you look yeah. this week, you know, two and a half, six and a half, one and a half, that all makes sense. If there's a big point spread, I expect Arizona and Colorado to be involved because they're not as good as the other 10. Right. Colorado can't score points, so Oregon's right. a 24-point favorite, fine. USC 21 over Arizona, fine. But 
ASU is a 16-point favor of Washington State. Obviously, you'd fans want Washington State to win no, no. that game. I don't think it's the game. It's a, it's the line on how many penalties they expect. Nope, that's not what it is. It's <laughs> not what it is. Could be. I get your point, but it's not what it is. Is ASU going to roll Wazoo? You fans want to know if you think they're in, and you live in that state. So, do you think Washington State can go in and win that game? Because that's what you fans want. No, I think Washington State's going to put up a challenge. I think ASU's going to win, but it's not going to be by that wide of a margin. So I think Washington State's going to put up a challenge. Yeah, my thought is if the Devils commit as an alum, if they commit 10 penalties, I'm going to withdraw my $25 a year (laughs) donation to the alumni club. That's it. I've had it. I've had it, Lincoln. I'm done with it. If they get 10 penalties, forget it. It's funny because you don't (laughs) typically see a Herm Edwards coach team that lack that much discipline. And it's been something that's perplexed a lot of people, including me, throughout this season. It's like, what? How do you? What? What is this? It's not something that's indicative of what we've seen in the past. So, yeah, I, I think it's going to be the uh, ultimately the Sun Devils' Achilles' heels because they're going to get themselves in a big game like they have already had and commit so many penalties they're not going to be able to win. See, I think it's some type of mask, and if we pulled back the mask, it would actually be Dennis Erickson coaching the team. <laughs> Wow, okay. <laughs> Never thought about that one, but yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> and Vontez Burfick committing personal oh fouls. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, there it is. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's going to be beautiful. All right, uh, you got the Utes or UCLA. I'll let yeah. you go on this one. Utes, Utah or UCLA? I like you. I, I think Utah is going to find a way to pull it out. I think they're going to control the game. Keep it away from UCLA's offense and then find a way to win the game. I like Utes. All right. We appreciate it. LK, thanks for joining DJ and PK. Oh, I love you guys, man. Appreciate All it. Right. Lincoln Kennedy, Raider radio analyst, Pac 12 network analyst. It's a whole Halloween thing going on there, but it's year round. The ghost of Dennis. Well, well, yeah, they were very undisciplined. Though. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been shockingly undisciplined. It is. Maybe now that they're not playing in the state of Utah or a Utah team. Because they've had double-digit penalties. penalties in all three of the games <laughs> against Utah teams. Thank goodness the Aggies aren't on the schedule this year. <laughs> <laughs> all right, DJ and PK. Coming up, 9 o'clock hour, Brian Geltzeiler, founder of HoopsCritic.com, is going to join us in about 15 minutes. Stay with us.